everybody and welcome back to the Land of the Sweet Podcast 92, could be 92, could be 93, I'm not sure at this point but there we go. Uh, my name's Will Jones, joining me tonight is Mr Chris Manning, good evening Chris. Evening Will, you okay? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, not too bad. Perfect. Also on tonight is Tom Jenkins, hello Tom. Hello Will, how are we doing matey? I'm good, thank you, I'm good. Um, also on tonight is James, hi James. Right, well, how are we doing, pal? Not too bad, not too bad. And not last but not least, and definitely not B-Tech, Ian, is Ian Rosbottom. How are you? Uh, yeah. I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm all right, my new nickname. You're all right, yeah. <laughs> you're all right now, yeah. I'm excited to make it to air tonight. Good stuff. Yeah. Good Will, stuff. Can, I just, can I just start off, Will, by just asking you a question? Did you mispronounce your own surname, then? I did, I did indeed, yes. My name is Will Jones, not Jewin. Second yeah, there we go. Just like, like a, adding, an, adding an accent on there, like a Francis victory today, we're becoming a bit more French. No, no, not, not quite, not quite. But um, yeah, no, I thought, I thought you were going to ask me a different question then about where the last one went, seeing as everyone's been complaining. But um, we'll gloss over that. I have um, no idea. No, it never happened. Um, one podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, right, so we'll talk about the more topical stuff. Um, so we are recording this in the aftermath of the World Cup final, so it's been France versus Croatia this afternoon, where, quite frankly, France absolutely annihilated Croatia. Viva la France! What do <laughs> they make of it? They got a minging penalty. I yeah. still think oh, penalty I was minging. I can say that. Surely you thought that was a pen based on the other handballs that have been given this tournament. <laughs> if that's a penalty, I don't really understand the handball rule. That's, that's, that's my take on it. Like, I don't know how you get your hand out the way. You roll it down in slow-mo and anything looks like an handball, but then you do it in real time. And I was just like, that that changed the guy. I transferment, but I really feel like that ruined it because it just changed the momentum of the game just for half-time. I'd say Umbridge with the, the assertion that France destroyed him. I, don't think, I think it was a lot closer than that up until that uh, 65 minutes time when, when things went a bit mad for five minutes and... I don't think it was as it was as cut and dried as that. To be honest, I thought Croatia were well and truly in the game, even at two one. You know, even at three one at times. You know, they still were they were still were playing some really good stuff. I mean, there's not a lot you can do when you throw everybody forward and they have their fastest guys on the break. That's just that's just the way it goes, isn't it? No, they they look very very competent, Croatia. I thought, and especially at one one. I mean, it's a great goal that they scored. That's the thing. France were gifted their first two, even their first three. I mean, Pogba, let's be honest, was left alone after he'd originally had a, had a shot and was given about all the time in the world to score the third. So I, I think they can count themselves a bit unfortunate. But let's be honest, I mean, they'll be disappointed tonight. But we'll look back at this thinking, we've had a fantastic tournament, much better than anyone expected. And they'll probably be very, very happy with what they got in the end. Mm, I mean, I, I just touching on the penalty, I would have said that it was bold hand. But, you know, there we go. But, I, you know, I mean, I've, I, I wouldn't say that France completely obliterated them, given that some of them were very lucky and there was some extremely dodgy decisions and just the fact that the ref took so long to, to actually decide whether that was or not just, you know, made me question it a little bit. But there we are. What, but One yeah. of my mates, one of my mates re- reckons a goalkeeper's injured and can't dive properly. If you look at the goals that France got, that's Croatia goalkeeper. He, he doesn't dive for two of them. One of them, maybe his weight's going the wrong direction. But the fourth one by Mbappe, I thought he could have got further across to that. My mate reckons his hamstring's gone. Possibly, but um, you know, I, th- I think if if they came out and said that, it'd just be another line of carrier's excuses, wouldn't it? Might have had concussion, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it obviously split opinion between two of ourselves. Uh, James, Tom, you had a little bit of a, a Twitter spat earlier, didn't you? <laughs> Not what you're on about, we're best mates. <laughs> I was about to say, James is my best friend in this podcast, I don't know what you're on about. Uh, stop mate, stop stirring up drama, Will. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I wouldn't have said that France were particularly much better than Croatia, but I, I'd say that there was only really one deserved winner of that competition, and it wasn't either of those teams, was it, lads? It was indeed England. They went I out. I going to say Panama then. <laughs> <laughs> they, they went out on Wednesday 2 1 to Croatia, and. I'd say that it was quite satisfying that they lost today, but I can't be too bitter about that. But um, I had money on France anyway from the start of the tournament, so I felt very justified <laughs> in that win. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. But, um, but no, w- would it be right to conclude that England have actually improved or are any better than we were or have been particularly successful this time? Um, obviously, we've, we've done a lot better in terms of progression, but whether or not you know, you can actually classify us as a better team. Still divides opinion. What do you think, Chris? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they were they were much improved. I think taking away the arsehole aspect that we've suffered from for years and years and years uh, has made a massive difference. And even just having a little bit of solidarity amongst supporters behind them has been a refreshing change too. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that Allardyce would have won the whole thing. Um, but <laughs> as a general thing, I think... The World Cup's a curious, curious one because you can see managers such as Southgate and Martinez that would probably struggle to get, you know, a, a semi-reasonable job in the Premiership, maybe even top half of the Championship, can come in there and over that short period of time, gel a team together to be greater than the sum of its parts. Because I mean, we look at the England team; we had a, a great deal of luck in the early stages with the set pieces, uh, with the penalties, I should say, because when those dried up later on in the, in the tournament. Our main threat, or the person we thought our main threat, being Kane, faded away a little bit. Whether he was injured or not, it's another matter. Mm-hmm. Sterling, not necessarily firing all cylinders in front of goal. There's a couple of options in there that, that made me think that our achievement in, in isolation is stunning because there's a lot of factors that worked against us at the same time. Yeah, and cool. so yeah, oh, the referees were atrocious this yeah. tournament. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, in having I mean, what I, be, I vaguely remember watching. 1990 World Cup when I was about eight, but this has been in, in the last sort of 25, 30 years I've been watching football properly. It's been it's been the best England performance by a million miles, probably even as far as uh, on, on a par, if not slightly better than Euro '96, just because of the the wider tournament base. I know there's, there's arguments about the teams they've played against not being up there, but that's the luck of the draw, isn't it? You can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah, of course. Ian, would you go with that? Yeah, I think they've they've improved. I, I actually think personally this is the best World Cup for entertainment all round that I've ever seen. Uh, England have, have progressed. They they were found, I think, pretty pretty badly wanting against a better team in Croatia and they should have learnt a lot from that. We we need a real central midfielder who can, can keep the ball. Maybe that's not news anyway. Whether somebody like Harry Winks can come through and be that that sort of player for England. But I think full credit to Gareth Southgate for sort of making a team that, that is organised and can play. And you see that if you put the timing on the set pieces for these international games, is that international teams are never as well organised defensively as club teams. And Southgate recognised that, took advantage of him. And I say fair play to that. If anyone wants to kind of call us out for being a set piece team, well, he recognised the weakness and he exploited it, as far as I'm concerned. That's sensible management. 
Yeah, I definitely think that we used that to the advantage. I wouldn't say that it was definitely you know, something that you know people on Twitter would call as set piece merchants. But, um, um, no, I, I mean think... it doesn't really. So, sorry, no, well, it doesn't really matter how you how you score your goals or what teams you come against. You can only beat what's put in front of you. And we may have had to face the likes of Panama, Tunisia, and had to score our goals through mainly penalties and headers and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter as long as you progress or win in the end. Mm, no, of course it doesn't. But um, yeah, do we have any criticism of the team, or are we just? I subscribe to the school of thought that Allardyce being in charge would have beaten Croatia completely. Uh, I'm not a Southgate fan by any stretch, and I think it comes back to the point that Chris made in that I don't think he would struggle to get a mid-table Premier League job. I think he struggled to get a Premier League job. The, the guy's only achievements at club level is relegating Middlesbrough after a long period of uh, consolidation in the Premier League, which is hardly a massive achievement in, in my book. Uh, so, and I just I, I feel as though team selection was was wrong at times. I would have played Sterling instead of Lingard and then had a, a proper striker playing in that role. And uh, while I give you credit, and I agree with you in completely that the uh, exploiting at set pieces is was very impressive, we didn't really have a plan B, and he and he had no idea what to say to his team after half time. It seemed as though first half we were always very very competent, and then in the second half we ran out of steam, and in the end that cost us massively in a game that we should have won to get back to a World Cup final, which I think was infinitely achievable. Not that we're biased towards Allardyce or anything, Tom. No, not of course, but but I, I think I, I'd like to think that I'm putting forward points that are, yeah, no, of course. are, are valid yeah. more so than just based off the fact that I prefer how nice his manager to Yeah, of course. No, I was only messing. But, um, no, that's right, man. No, I, I just thought that Southgate, he, he, he's done incredibly well with the team that he's had, to be fair to him. Um, and I, I know what you mean, that second half, when we came out, it just, it was like a foregone conclusion, even though, you know, it, it was level. Um, and, you I know, think it was too... Sorry, I I'll say my, my only... I, I don't really subscribe that we would have been better under Allardyce, especially as he kept, Allardyce came out and said that against Tunisia and Panama, he would have played Dyer and Henderson together in the midfield. So I, I, I'm not so sure about Allardyce, but what I would say is I think he was far too loyal to Deli Ali, who I don't think had a good game in the whole tournament. And he, I think he could have been a bit more inventive with changing the team. That would be my... And, and, and I agree that that... He, he didn't he, either it was he was naive or the team was naive but that second half he didn't he didn't get it right against Croatia and that did subscribe to us blowing it but maybe that's just down to lack of experience no, I, I would agree with that I, I think I think you saw that there was a team there for the taking because I watched that first half against Croatia and there's a team with a lot of fantastic ball playing uh, mm. midfielders who were unable to pick a pass for 45 minutes and you didn't take advantage of that <laughs> And it, it, as, a, as a fan watching it, I just wanted to see my team be a bit more ruthless. And I, I, th- I agree with you. I think the inexperience meant that we didn't have that cutting edge that infinitely cost us. I don't think you can blame the manager as much for, for Kane missing from a yard out at the side yeah. of the goal and, and for, for Sterling also having having half chances that he failed to convert, having done so all season for City. So I think that's, that's a bit mean on Southgate. I think he's done unbelievably well given what we expected to be his own limitations yeah. going into the tournament. So, yeah, I don't think there's any criticism ascribed to him. I don't think there's any question of him being replaced. Not like there might have been other times with an England manager coming out the back end of the World Cup. No, I go with that as well. And, you know, I just thought that you can't be too critical of the team. You know, in general, they have done really well. I mean, in my lifetime, it's definitely been the, the best and most exciting World Cup from, 
you know, and as, as a youngster, you know, and unfortunately it's been the first time that I've been also been able to go out to a pub and get drenched in beer, which was a massive mistake. <laughs> but, um, we were wearing something nice, Will. Like I did. I've got yeah. a massive lump on my head after that trip year goal. Someone launched the bottle straight at me. Lovely. But, I, was, um, I, was a, I was in a boozer in Leeds for the, uh, for the Sweden game, and after one, some bloke got bollock naked and climbed up on a roof and just died dancing. <laughs> Someone ran by and just decided to climb a lamppost and then stand on top of it for 10 minutes and refused to come down. There were nearly so many fights in the print works where I was watching it in Manchester. <laughs> oh, but, no, it, it's, it's, I'm not trying to be edgy here or just put out an unpopular opinion, but you know, I, I just thought that um, you know, Ali wasn't great and I thought Young wasn't great either. Um, no, Young but, shouldn't have played after the first couple of games. I mean, he, yeah. he's a one-trick pony, isn't he? But as much as I'm going to criticise them, I also thought like th- this is the main bit that I didn't want to be edgy about. But it's just I didn't think Modric was that good against us. I thought it was terrible, and there was a lot of points where I found myself saying that was a, that you know Hendo could have completed that, or you know it, I, I just thought he, he, he played terribly to be honest. And I'm, that's not me being bitter or anything, but I, I just thought that even though we weren't quite upset, to test, I didn't think that Croatia were particularly better than us on the day. And it was just the fact that in the last <clears throat> half an hour or whatever, we just weren't on the ball at the back and, you know, it, it cost us. But um, it's a shame. I'll give you, an, 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 give you a, further un, a further unpopular opinion if you want. Those videos of people lobbing beer everywhere looks horrendous. Well, that's I can, only I, imagine, <laughs> I can only imagine the, the absolute awkwardness of me being stood in the middle of there. You, all your clothes would get all sticky and full stinking of beer. Not only that, you've queued for about four hours to get a pint and then eight, eight quid a go like at the Reebok and next thing you know, you people are saving a quarter of a pint at the bottom, not for a spontaneous moment of celebration, just for those oh, those videos. It's just, it, I was sat there with my old man head on, shaking my head thinking, what an absolute shambles. What a waste of booze. It is completely, but, you know, to those who, who want to do it, fair enough. And, you know, I've sort of got the buzz for it after the first couple of games and I went and I got told otherwise. And afterwards, I realised why. <laughs> but, yeah. so But, no, it was a shame of the way that it ended. And I think that, you know, a lot of us were sort of hoping, but also presuming that we might have made it even to the final. Um, and yeah. it's sort of funny how we've sort of been ignorant towards today, if anything. Um, but it, it's just been another game, hasn't it, really? Yeah. Well, did you watch the third place game? No, no. As soon as I saw Phil Jones in that team, I'm like, nope, avoiding that. Yeah, utterly pointless. I mean, I was sat with an hour's drive from Halifax. I'll get onto that in a bit. And I was trying to debate whether to go to the bo- go to the boozer and watch England or whether to, to drive to Halifax and then end up going, which just shows you <laughs> how reluctant I was to actually go and watch England as soon as I saw fucking Phil Jones. I saw my team and watching watching Bolton Wanderers is the better option. I know, since when did that ever happen? But, yeah. It helped that uh, they actually got you the team sheet. <laughs> oh, no, Christ. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's it's disappointing, I think. But um, at the same time, I don't think you can be too critical of the fact that at the end of the day, we got to a World Cup semi-final. And, you know, it, yeah. as much as it's been nice to have a sort of community feel to the, to the country, I'm also sort of glad to see the back of a lot of fake football fans, as I'm sure a lot of you will have seen on my Twitter. I'd love to express the fact that I cannot be standing all those people who haven't got a clue what it's coming home even means, what the trophy looks like, and all that are bothered about is what the players actually look like. I was, I was sat in the pub for like the, the semi-final, just someone behind me was just like saying phrases, just like, why are they not trying as hard now? Why are they not trying as hard in the second half? 
like, well, why don't they just stick one in? He's just like, I would have hit him. Yeah, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And he wouldn't have felt it. Despite all the fake football fans, though, there's a lot of positives right. to take forward into yeah, Euro 2020. Was... Like, loads of players really stepped up the game. Trippier and Maguire, Pickford especially, I'd say, were the standouts. Trippier was fantastic. Our player of the tournament, I'd say. Just so mm. consistent. But, yeah. Um, yeah. If he doesn't make team the tournament, I'm going to be fuming. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. But I'm amazed that Kane actually ended up with Golder Boot. I mean, I, uh, it, it got broadcasted today and I thought, but he, did he actually get that many? Um, and then a lot of I mean, he scored five no, in his first two games. <laughs> yeah. But, well, somebody that had a, had a tenner run at 16 to 1, lads, I was quite happy for him to scab his way to that particular <laughs> award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway, right. Should we get on to talking about what this podcast is actually made for? No. Uh, I know we said we said this last week. Uh, oh, yeah, wait, no, no, we, we didn't have a podcast last week, did, did we? we? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. What podcast? No. Um, right. Bolton Wanderers, what's been happening? Um, we'll start off with transfers. So, since we last spoke... <clears throat> um, <laughs> Uh, Aaron Ostuma has signed for us, uh, as has Clayton Donaldson, as has Paul Olkowski. Havelovkowski. I've absolutely butchered that. Havelovkowski. I think one that we're all a little bit confused about is Philippe Maurice. Has he or hasn't he left, signed, stayed, gone? I don't really know what's going on. I think he's still holding out that we might actually try and bring him back, especially if we can't get another winger to replace him. Mm, it's it's a funny one, but I mean, I'd definitely take him back, not just for the fact of making up numbers, but I think he, he, he was actually fantastic that second half of the season. Um, I feel like, even though at first I was a bit apprehensive about what he could do at championship level, you know, I'd, I'd definitely take him on based on what, what he showed us at the end. But yeah, Chris, what do you make of that? Um, yeah, I think we can't be too fussy when it comes to cheap, versatile players. Mm-hmm. I think you summed it up. I completely agree with you about Maurice's his achievements last season. Or against, you know, against quite a few odds, given his, his CV to that day, he'd never played that level before, had he? So good, good on him. Mm-hmm. We should definitely look to keep him if we've got the opportunity. And from whispers that go around, it's to, it's to do with his agent's fees that Wanderers want him to pay to cover mm-hmm. his own bill, almost. Um, but if that's the case, then I think it is... It's a no-brainer getting him. He knows the place. We know him, and he'd definitely be up for you know twenty, twenty-five appearances over the course of the season off the bench. And I doubt yeah. he'd kick up much of a fuss about that either. No, definitely not. Well, um, James, what what do you make of the other signings? So we've got us, Tuma, Donaldson, Akoski. I mean, obviously we haven't seen much of him, um, and I don't. I think everyone can sort of go with that, you know, and not really pretend that you know we've followed his whole yeah. career like Arsenal yeah. fans would. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah. The only thing I can say about Olkowski is that I did see him play in the Europa League game uh, against Arsenal, but other than that, I have absolutely no idea what he's done with over his career. I believe I, he's I, injured as well at the minute. Not that that's got any bearing on. I, I don't think that he's injured. I think he's just uh, behind because he's he's behind pre-season for like two weeks or something. So yeah, fair enough. Probably uh, playing catch up. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Ostuma, um if we play to his strengths, I'm incredibly happy with that. But do I think we might need another target man other than Donaldson to help just take the load off of him. Yeah, but, Do- but Donaldson, I am quite happy with, especially because he is a threat to bring off the bench. Mm. <laughs> I mean, talking of, of which, you know, having someone to play off, 
Um, we're still linked with a, a number of players, um, so I've written a few down here. They've got so obviously the one that's ongoing more than any, any other is Charlie White. Um, I think there's been another bit, as Nick Summer say, bit in the paper about that today, um, saying that I think we're still in the chase for him. Um, given that I think we've now got a bit of competition for him, um, I know we've said previously that we think they possibly are marquee signing if, if it was to happen. Um, Tom, would you be happy with it if it had come off? I think happy is a strong word. It's, it's difficult to be happy with a marquee signing being a bloke who's never proven himself at the championship level. Um, but from what I can make of Charlie Wyke and from what I know from, from Bradford fans, is you know he's a target man, he suits Parkinson's style. Um, he knows where the net is. He seems to be able to get himself into a position to score goals. Uh, much more than more so than Medin used to do, which I think can only be a benefit. Yeah. And of course, he's younger, um, so it it looks as though we seem to be going down the route and trying to replace Medin with someone who's very very similar to him in style, but with a couple of uh, fewer years off the mileage. So it depends on whether the price is right. If mm-hmm. if prices are to be believed, it seems like we want to spend a million pounds on him, and that's mm. not for wages. Mm. I mean, let's be honest, for a League One striker. And for us to pay a million pounds, I mean, really? From from rumours I've heard, I think Sunderland already tried for a seven-figure bid, but he might be trying to hold out for a championship move. So maybe we could work that to our favour if that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe Sky Sports are reporting that saying that he he's keen to leave, but keen to progress, as it were, by going to a different level. Mm-hmm. So so maybe it's a case of him having more power over what bids accepted and what's not than Bradford. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's escaped me which club it was, but I think they've received a five hundred thousand bid for him. Um, that was Peterborough, I believe. Peterborough, was it? Yeah. Um, and I yeah, think, Peterborough's not a step up. Step up. No, definitely not. But, you know, whether or not we compete at that price, I mean, you know, we'll get on to finances in a bit as to whether that's even available at the minute. But, you know, if it gets to the region of a million, I think we're, we're out of that already. Um, and I'd, I wouldn't even pay it, even if we had the money, I don't think. Ian, would you go with that? I, I would definitely go with that. I, I would have... I, I assume it's dead now, but I was more excited about the Joe Garner rumour and rumours that we could get him for pretty much nothing. I know he's 30, but if if we were saying where where we put our money, I would much prefer it going towards a player of Garner's um, calibre, even someone that we know could do a job. I just, I just don't... I can't imagine in the climate that we seem to be in, I know we're going to come on to it later, Just I, I just can't see us putting a million pounds in Charlie White. I just, I just would be so surprised if that happened so it's it's not only that i don't want it i just can't see it mm. at all. But that's surely that's surely the market we're in though is to look to to buy somebody of that that ilk that age that bracket because we've shown that a good three months in a season score eight nine ten goals you can sell them for four five six times like we did with medine mm. and white's got a ped white's got a pedigree that's a thousand times the the standard of medine i don't know what he's like as a player i don't think i've ever seen him play but i think that's going to be the, the philosophy isn't it that you buy these players yeah, you might spend a million quid, but you, you might get six times that back if they have a good twelve months, eighteen months, even less than that. I think. If I don't think it. it I don't think it's too fanciful. Sorry, sorry. I don't think it's too fanciful to think that's the sort of play we're after. I, I totally agree. It's fanciful that we're going to spunk a million quid on anyone. Mm. Yeah, that's more what I'm feeling. I can I can understand why we're after him. It's just I can't see us parting with a million. million. I can't. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're gonna, if you are gonna spend that on any or anyone or any position, it, it has to be the striker, doesn't it? Really, more than anyone. I mean, we're still looking yeah. at what seven players. But if you're gonna urge the, the club to to buy any 
you know particular position that's going to be the, the marquee signing. It's going to be a centre forward at this rate, I think. Um, I mean, I was going to touch on Joe Garner actually, and um, he's just one of two rumours that have gone particularly quiet over these last couple of weeks. Um, him and Chungi. Um, it seems as if that's got off, gone off the boil as well. I'm not sure, you know, what we can expect from that as to whether that's even going to happen anymore. Um, also, Texaria. Texaria is also another that's gone quiet. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening with him. Maybe Lee was just possibly. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it was one of the uh, the videos that Mark Ars did yesterday. He was talking about to Shara and saying that that was a Lee Anderson deal, completely down to him because he's the one doing the negotiations on behalf of the club. So, if anything's going to happen on that front, I assume we'll hear, we'll hear first from the from the super agent in emoji form. So, is he supposedly still out in Faro then, negotiating? All, all, all I remember seeing on this um, this video that Mark Arles did yesterday was about the fact that that's a share deal is simply being done on behalf of the club by Lee Anderson. So, whereas there might be other people negotiating for other players, i.e. Jack Hobbs, i.e. anyone else that we can think of, that one is specifically Lee's prerogative. Mm. I mean, there's others that obviously were interesting, as you say, Tom. Um, three prominent ones that I can think of um, are Boaz Myhill, who we've been linked with this morning. Um, we are apparently in talks to sign him, um, and I know he was one of the, the names that cropped up actually on you know, one of our... Um, Shopping list uh, right at the start of the summer. Wasn't wasn't Boaz Myhill debunked by um, Mark and Lee? Quite possibly, but you know, I think that that was nearly Mark a month ago now. He was in training with the club, mm. but then said that nothing would happen. So I, I don't know why we why he would choose us to train with if he wasn't assuming there'd be a deal on the table. Maybe it was a trial and it's now come to an end. Perhaps that's the only other thing. Possibly, think, yeah. But, um, and then. I, that was that's a weird one for me. I couldn't see the point in in Boaz Myhill. We we shift Amos's wages off the bill and then put them into another goalkeeper. Why if not I'm not mistaken, him? I'm pretty sure Myhill was the goalkeeper at Hull when Parkinson was manager, so he could just be doing him a favour. Possibly. Um, I didn't think of that. <laughs> um, the other one who I think we're linked with um, saw a tweet this morning. And I'm not familiar with with this name at all. Um, Sam Walker, who I believe is a Ex Colchester goalkeeper, um, and we're supposedly imminently signing him. Um, literally based on one tweet. Whether or not you want to read into that, I'm not sure. But um, it could just be, you know, a, a possible option. Should we let Jake Turner go out alone? I mean, that that's one that's been going on for a while, isn't it? Like it's 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 one that's divided opinion massively, and whether or not he should be promoted. I think he's on a professional contract now. It's just whether he should be playing first team. I mean, I mean, a keeper from a League Two club that's just been released from that League Two club, but isn't doesn't exactly inspire confidence even as a second choice. So, mm. <laughs> mm. I think it'd be more the, the only positive I can think you can see for this for this Walker bloke is that he has played quite a lot of games, so he's experienced. But he's only twenty six, which for a goalkeeper is you know. Young. A young pup to say something. He's also six foot six, so he's a, he's a big lad. But again, it's, 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 it's as you say, Will, it's whether we take a lot of confidence from this being a legitimate rumour simply off one tweet when we've got no idea of the source that he's working that from. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then there was one more that's also gotten a little bit quiet. We were set to sign, um, it was either European or just an international winger. Um, 
supposedly of you know quite a decent name back in his day. Sounds quite similar, you know, to, familiar um, for you know a bottom one just signing. Any ideas as to who that could be? Diego Capel. I know that name went round, but I thought it, the likes of Notts County were after him, if I'm not mistaken. Well, we don't be competing with them. Fuck you now. We can't get in Nolan's way. I think it was Ben, wasn't it, who, who, who mentioned that um, when uh, Lee was talking about Vamos, look at the club site at 3pm, um, whenever it was, when he talked about um, Amos's loan to Millwall, because one part of it was in Flemish, so from Belgium. The other part was in Spanish. I thought that was linking to Diego Capel because he just played for Anderlecht. Of course, assuming that uh, it was going to be that difficult to decipher and just a single tweet, of course. I think you're giving Lee Anderson a lot of credit there. I know, I know. <laughs> I think one thing... He's just desperate for something else other than Amos. That, that was it. I think one thing we can all agree on, though, is the fact that we are still very sparse in terms of pl- uh, numbers. Um, and even the rumour mill, you know, it, it's really not kicked into life properly yet. Um, and we're still lacking, like I said, seven signings. Um, and at the minute, we've, we're just about linked with seven and have been since the start of the summer. Um, and you'd be hoping, as Parkinson said in his post-match um, presser on Saturday, you know, that the recruitment has to step up this week. Um and I'm hoping they've just got some names in the pipeline that we've not heard about. Like, none of us had heard anything about Olkowski before suddenly his agency tweeted out that he'd moved to Bolton. So, yeah, same with if Donaldson, you want to take the optimistic route, then you can go with that. Yeah. Jack, Jack Hobbs on trial as well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he played at Halifax on Saturday as well. To be honest, I don't, I don't think beggars can be choosers. I'd be snapping his hand off to try and get him to come and play for us, fit, fit or not fit. Yeah, definitely. He was yeah. quite a decent centre-half at one time, wasn't he? I think he was, yeah. It, it, I think at this stage, though, it's separating, making up numbers and making quality signings, isn't it? And like you said, Tom Beggars can't be choosers, but, you know, we have got to differentiate, you know, all right, we do need seven, eight players, whatever it is, but at the same time, we don't want them to then turn out to be absolute trash because then all they'll do is get slated and won't play. Yeah. And then we may as well just have 15 or whatever we've got now. Yeah. Will, you actually went to the Halifax, Matt, didn't you? Um, yeah. Did Hobbs look all right? He did. He only played half an hour because um, the, the team was changing completely on the hour mark. Um, he played at left-back, actually, um, but was just solid pretty much throughout. I mean, I know he conceded a goal, but that was all down, you know, our right-hand side. Um, so there's not much that c- can be said for that. But um, yeah, See, that's what I heard. But I also heard that because of um, that solid 30 minutes, they might continue his trial onto further friendlies, whether that's the behind-the-closed-doors game, game at Morecambe or whether he play, uh, it plays at Leyland against Girona. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but no, I think we've all just got to say, you know, look, it, it needs to get a move on because I think, what is it now, T- two, three weeks until the deadline day? Um, I... I think that that centre defence is a position not just that we need numbers, but we need Quality. first team. You know, like, like it's it, it, for me, it is definitely not just a case of getting anybody in. I said, I said, I think only on the chat to you lads that if we start the season with Beavers and Wheat are a centre, and now especially with Andrew Taylor as left back, and that's going to be our first choice defence. I can't see anything other than relegation. 
I'm know. still praying that we get Robinson back. I'm praying to every I'm god. Holding out for that as well. And I think one thing that you probably all would have slated me for as well at the end of the season, saying that we needed Reese Burt back, and then going and seeing him signing for Hull. You know, I think that's actually you know we've lost out there. Whether or not we actually went back in for him is a different matter. But I still think that he he would have been perfect again for another season. Not to that price. That's the thing. Yeah, we were not paying one point five million for him. No, we were not paying one point five million for him. No, even on loan, you know. But it, I think West Ham wanted him sold, didn't they? So that was possibly a non-starter. But you know, I wonder if there's anyone at West Ham, given that they've seemed to be on a spending spree, and we apparently have good relations with them, considering we've taken Colin and Burke off them last season. Whether there's someone from their reserves that we might be able to nick off, because there must be some huge competition for places there with the spending spree they're on now. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but no one that I know of, I don't think. Um, but yeah, no, we, we've, we've just touched on pre-season. Um, so we'll, we'll go with that for a bit. Um, so first of all, St Mirren. Chris, what happened there? Well, we, we didn't pay our bills, did we? You know, in bills being the, the players' salaries, or, or one player, or two players, you know, different uh, different sources give you different figures. But I, I find it hard to to think that anything other than Ken's dropped a dropped a bollock with it. Whether the play whether the players are in the right by doing what they did is another matter altogether. But you can't not pay someone just because you think he might be moving on. I think that's. You know, that, and that's just a bit daft, that. And it's not Amos's fault that he was given that contract. It's the, the people that made the decision at the time because you'd find me a Bolton fan that didn't want to sign Amos on a long, long, long deal after how well he played in those 10 games on loan. And I'll show you a liar because Amos was a cracking signing. Yeah. Um, and he's just fallen victim to that Bolton Wanderers curse, hasn't he, where we, we sign people, we find something wrong with them. Be it you know, the likes of Chris Taylor, we looked at us funny. Oh, Ben Amos, he, he, let, he lets, lets goals in from long range. All keepers let goals in. Long range or otherwise, just I just find it hard. I find it hard to be too crit- critical of the players for sticking up for one of the teammates, even if it is someone that's on his way out. But for it to elicit the, the response from Ken, the, the, the predictable response, and that he, he he picks a hole in an argument, he finds a player that everyone hates that they can rail upon. That last year it was Moxie, this year it's Amos, and, and deflects any sort of criticism from himself. Just just pay the man. It's simple. I think it's a very good point, uh, I, 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 and you, you're not wrong. I mean, it, it was clear from the outset. I think we could have guessed that the person who might have been affected most by this um, not paying bonuses or wages was going to be Amos because of this, the astronomic figures that he's on in comparison to the rest of the squad. But you're not wrong. I mean, it, it, it's a joke to not pay your staff, regardless of whether you think they're moving on. And I completely applauded the players at the time for for standing by him or and any of the other individuals that were affected by it because that that. You know the players have talked about for, for for some time now about the fantastic spirit that they've got, and uh, that, that 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 proves it. The fact that they're willing to stand by someone who's not been there for an entire season or a couple of seasons now, uh, it, it just shows that there's a there's a good bond there, and hopefully that will that will translate to good performances on the pitch if we can get this problem resolved. I'm just hoping that there's not that many knock-on, you know, effects for it from this that's gone on. I mean, obviously we've had two pre-season friendlies cancelled. Um, obviously massive player disputes um, and we don't know how long that's going to go on for I mean I know that all the players have supposedly been paid now and obviously we've, we've offloaded Amos you know temporarily um, but whether or not that, that's going to be a recurring issue now and obviously with the, the finances being in the state that they have been over the last two or three years you know whether or not we're going to get these glum days 
coming back to bias remains to be seen. I mean, I think we'd had a discussion previously about the fact that we thought in some way we were linked with um, some new ownership or investment or whatever that may be, um, either from Russia or from um, a certain Jorge Mendes. Um, but, you know, whether or not that, that's going to happen or has happened, you know, I don't think even we can be, be certain of that. And it's definitely not going to become particularly attractive either for other potential investors. Um, I think that Chris, Chris touched on something again that was like, the, the way it's just the way it's been handled again from the club, not just a deflecting of criticism, but there wasn't a statement that came from Ken, something like he didn't name Amos, but put up some statement like a player who's not been involved with the club for two seasons. And it's just like either name him or don't name him. Don't just like put up some stupid statement and just act with like like a baby because you've not paid a player. And like and, and coupled again with a bit, you know, with what supposedly happened with Philip Murray finding out that he got binned off on Twitter? It, it's you know it, it makes us look a bit a bit daft, and and I personally really disappointed with with how players seem to be being treated. I think one yeah. one thing that's evident is that I think the club obviously weren't expecting the players to to call them out on it. Um, Tom, were you surprised by the reaction from from Ken and Co? Not at all. I think, as Chris has said, it, 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 we, we've come to expect that kind of reaction where he picks holes in an argument and, and attacks more so than explains. I mean, I was pleased that he came out with, with a statement that, that, was, that was long and, and detailed in talking about the situation. But there are a couple of comments in there, such as, I expect the players to reimburse the fans affected by the St Mirren game cancellation. And, uh, you know, I, I will not be blackmailed, whatever. You're not being blackmailed. You're, you're being uh, shown that these players are not going to accept crap treatment where they're not paid their wages for, for doing their jobs. You wouldn't expect it in any other line of work. Why the hell should you expect it as a footballer? Yeah, I think one thing that I've reiterated quite a few times is you know the players have been completely within the rights to do it. And as much as people moan about the fact that players earn far too much, at the end of the day, they're on a contract that's been agreed by both parties. And if they can't play it, if, they, if the club can't pay it, then at the end of the day, it's not the players' problem as to you know what their wages actually are it's what they've been what they're agreed um when they sign on and it, exactly it just, when, when is ben amos ever going to get paid what, what what we assume to be i don't know maybe 15 16k a week at any other club at his stage of his career as a championship footballer you know if, if i'm him i'm thinking about my future and i'm thinking why the hell would I not bite your hand off and be desperate to get paid that when i'll be looking at when i leave this club at the end of this season possibly half that if i'm lucky you know, there's no problem with him accepting his wage. It's up to the club who is daft enough to give him that wage to to pay it. I mean, when you consider the, you know, the, the the negotiations that have obviously gone on with Millwall, you then have to consider the fact that both parties have obviously bartered over it, and what you know how how the deals come about is the fact that it's about a fifty fifty split or so, so I believe, and you've then got to think, well, were we? trying to get them to say get them to take the majority were they refusing you know were they only prepared to pay 10k and I think you know that's a case of it speaks a thousand words and that you know we're not sure whether or not he's well no it's not a case of whether he's worth that amount but it's just whether or not we were stupid enough to take that on knowing that well if, if you're Millwall if, if you're Millwall and you're looking at Ben Amos as possibly you're only your second string goalkeeper because Jordan Archer had such a great season last year would you really want to be spending 
10, eight, eight to 10,000 pounds a week on a bloke who's not even your starting goalkeeper. To me, they've, they've got ab- an incredible I'd be, ab- I'd be absolutely stunned if they were paying any more than 10, 15% of what we sell, what his weekly wages. I think the deal is completely benefiting them. We we just want to get a shot of him, don't we? It's, that's that's been obvious from day one, and Ken's oh, statement exactly. so only fair to battle it up. Yeah. So exactly, so it's like all these people circling Aston Villa for players. Why would you offer what might be a fair deal when you can take advantage of a club on its arse, desperate to get rid, to offer him peanuts, and they'll take it? And I'm sure that's what we've done. Be absolutely to do astonished if it was that. January yeah. when we were in League One. See, seeing a club that looked as though they're on their knees and offered a, a ridiculously low amount for Mark Beavers when uh, they just thought they could take advantage. I mean, thankfully, we weren't in that position where we, we needed to sell. But uh, maybe if we hadn't sold Zach Clough, we'd have been biting the hands off. That's the sad thing about our club at the moment. I mean, speaking of contracts, it's something, you know, that, that you've got to stick to. And then, you know, when it comes to renewals and, you, and you're not able to, to take people back on, who are then, you know, offering to take massive pay cuts to, to stay on, like possibly Maurice. You know, he's, he obviously just wants game time. He's not bothered about wages and the fact that they can't even take that on because they, they, whether they are so skinned or not, I'm not sure, but they, they've obviously just fallen on their arse a little bit. And this is, I know it's not quite the same thing, but even with the stadium deal, I mean, that's obviously come to an end and whether or not they can afford to renew it or, you know, or whether they've just been done out of a deal or what have you. But it's, it's a bit, you know, it, it all seems to be... A bit of a cycle, you know, it's all rolled into one. Um, and it's just the shame to see us sort of going back that way. Um, I believe the PFA get, getting involved at some point as well. Um, so, you know, remains to be seen what happens with that. Um, I mean, one thing that I wanted to, to ask you lot really was what do you think Phil Parkinson's made of the whole thing? Because it's, it's obviously gone over his head. And I think, Tom, I think it was you that said, you know, I'm not surprised if he walks. Um, Chris, what do you think? Uh, firstly, and, and you know, no, no disrespect meant by this. I think anyone that suggests that a, a football manager would leave his job just because things are not rosy behind the scenes is is, is laughable. Because where else would he walk into a a job, uh, you know, a semi prosperous club on on probably on a, a very decent wage himself? You know, it just seems ridiculous to me that even if it's of a matter of principle that they put he put himself out of work on purpose. The man's got bills to pay. He's got mouths to feed. I'm sure. I don't think there's any chance of Parkinson uh, dropping out of Bolton Wanderers until the day comes that we decide we don't want him anymore. He's, he's staying. And I think it's it's foolish to, to think that there would ever be a situation where a manager would do that. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. Please please prove me wrong if I'm if I'm uh, incorrect on that. There's no... It's, it's not just not going to happen. Um, he's not going to go anywhere. And neither should he. He's the man to take us forward, I think, especially at this moment in time. He's shown that he, uh, you know, against all the odds, even if it's the last kick of the season, doesn't matter. He gets gets things done and gets the result that we need. So there should be no reason, no no idea as to why Parkinson should leave. Definitely not. Tom, do you stand by sort of what you said, or is it sort of a heat at the moment thing? <clears throat> it, it wasn't more so of a heat at the moment. I, I would I said it because if I were a manager in that situation, regardless of my wage, regardless of how settled my family is, I. It's a kind of personal pride. If I'm being undermined by whether it's a chairman or players, it seems to me that it would be the kind of thing I would do because if I'm Parkinson, I've had two seasons at this club and successfully achieved both of the things that I wanted to, to achieve. Therefore, I, I would see that I could move into a job where I'll be working under better conditions. And let's be honest, he's had crap conditions to work under. 
in, in the two seasons at this club yet has achieved good things. So I, I think he could walk into any any job that would have been available possibly earlier in the summer. But, you know, it, it, it's a case of if I'm a manager, I don't want to be undermined by my chairman when I'm trying to offer people new contracts. I don't want to be undermined by my players when they're possibly haggling for new ones or aren't prepared to play for me. And it, it seems as though he's had quite a rocky relationship with, with both parties. And if I were him, there might be a there might be a turning point where he just thinks I've had enough. I take Chris's point. Obviously, he wants to, you know, keep the money flowing in from his wages. He wants to uh, keep his job, but at some point, one has to say enough is enough. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on this? I I, I would go somewhere in the middle. As I said, he, he's he's not going to go if there's not another job. That I I don't think right now his stock is unbelievably high that he would walk into another championship job, but. Say we have a good start to the season, gets towards January, and and you know he, he he the relationship hasn't improved. If an offer comes in, I could definitely see him taking it, and and going at the first opportunity for a job of equal standing. So I don't think he'll go anywhere anytime soon. But yeah, I, it it seems to me clear that there's not a good relationship between him and the management, and that yeah, the first chance that comes, I wouldn't be surprised to see him walk. To another club, so we were. Well, the, sorry, go on. The other job, sorry, the other jobs that are available in in this sort of market that I, w- I would expect Parkinson to be operating in. There are other clubs that are just as much of a basket case of, as us. I mean, when Reading, when the Reading job came up, he wasn't mentioned in too many dispatches. They were having financial problems at the time. Birmingham, much the same. Uh, I'm I'm not sure that the grass is that much greener. You know, yeah, we might, Bondras might be absolutely absolute mental cases at times, but. Probably, you know, 65% of all other clubs have also got problems with finances, etc. I'm not sure it'd be that massive a pool. I, I certainly don't think in the champion, championship, he'd be the first choice uh, of many, many teams. Mm. Not, to, not, to, not to run him down, because I really, I really don't mean to. I, I'm just trying to mean in terms of his options if he was to move on. Because, yeah, I think, you know, to leave a, a, a relatively secure job with nowhere to go would be daft. Well, that's what I, but I, I think if Leeds, for example, hadn't been fishing in the market where they could get someone like Bielsa, he'd be the perfect person to try and to try and do a job there. Not that they must, would have been ever looking at him, but you know, but there's a reason why we were so scared when the Reading job was vacant and when Sunderland they had apparently got an interest in him. We were worried because of how good a job he'd done with us. And the fact of the matter is, regardless of whether you think the, the grass isn't green or anywhere else, if I were Parky, I'd think you know what I've done a good job here. And, I, and I'm worth a look at at some of these jobs, which are possibly a bit more secure financially. When Bolton, we can't really say that with any degree of certainty. We we all know, we all know what happens once you get a, a few good results, half season of good results. You know, on the player basis, Guy Medine is is case in point. He ended up at a, a promotion club. You know, we know that Phil Parkinson only needs to have a good half a season with Bolton before a, a club above the stature of the Reddings and the Birmingham could come in for him. And if we and if we haven't got him locked down and totally happy at the club, then then that could be the situation that we face. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect that, that, him to leave, but it was just completely hypothetical. But yeah, go on, Chris. Yeah, he made a very good point there. That I definitely agree. If you have that good six months, and that's to our benefit, so surely we should be. You know, if that was to come come to pass, then that's for all our benefits because we'd obviously be, you'd hope, in a better position in the league when he left. Should he leave? And then also be in a better position to attract someone to replace him. You know, it's all be all be mutually beneficial if that was to happen. The problem is, I know it's a different hierarchy, but I don't trust any Bolton hierarchy to get an appointment right. This seems to be the first one they've got right since Big Sam was appointed. 
Yeah, I think yeah. we'd all definitely be disappointed, you know, if, if if he did walk and as much as we don't expect him to, you know, if if it came as a surprise at any point, even if it wasn't until January or later, you know, it, it's getting to the point where, you know, his patience is probably wearing a little bit thin. Um, and I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Laz, but I think is this the longest reign of a manager since Allardyce that we've had? Yeah, I think Megson was a bit, little oh, bit longer. Yeah. So if he gets to Christmas, he might be, he might be overtaking that. And I think I'm just, you know, I'm not amazed that he's still here, but I'm just, you know, that that nothing's changed, and it's obviously signs that he, he's done a good job, and you know, he, he definitely has. Um, but you know, it's also getting to the point where you're wondering if, you know, when people can, when if people come calling, you know, is he actually going to, you know, turn around and think actually that's a bit of me. I, I really don't think that Parkinson, purely because of his attitude and demeanour, is the type of guy to walk unless the owners specifically want him out. No, I'm, I'm I, not saying I, that I, either. But... Yeah. I, just, I, I rate him too highly as a manager. Like, I, I think he, although I think he does want to release some frustration at some point, I, he's had 15 years as a manager and he, know, he knows a lot better than to try and fight the hierarchy. He's developed this calm deme- demeanour that he's, and patient demeanour that over time it's just been nothing but beneficial to our club and to try and change that just to have a little spat with our owners over finances I think would be absolutely ridiculous because if anything that would hinder his job prospects mm, of course I mean I don't you know I'm not judging him based on you know how, how he must be feeling about it all at the minute and I'm sure that there's not much he can really do about it either and that's sort of why I question it but at the same time I, you know looking at him and looking at his, his future um, at the club and both possibly away from it I don't see, you know, the possibility of him leaving really because, like you said, James, he's got the experience. He knows what it's like to work under shit conditions, and you know the fact that he's just ploughing on through it, you know, without really moaning and and, and doing such a fantastic job is, you know, something you wouldn't. Yeah, get and if anything is, yeah, if anything, if he can deal with volatile owners like like Ken and like Ken Anderson and his son Lee, then that puts him in good standing for when we eventually do get this investment that we've apparently been hyping over for ages. It, it'll stand him in good stead for him to keep his job and be actually able to spend the money and try and improve the club that he's developed such a reputation. I really do not see him walking unless the owners want him out. And the owners won't want him out because he's saved their ass so many times. <laughs> True, yeah. Well, let's just hope we we manage to keep hold of him um, and that he's not about to, to walk out on us because he's a very good manager. Um so, what have we got coming up? Um, I believe we've got the Morecambe game behind closed doors on Tuesday. Um, the under-23s are at Clitheroe on Wednesday. Um, and then I think there's a bit of a joint game going on, which acts as the, the home pre-season fixture, um, which is Girona at the Leyland County Ground. I'm looking Saturday. forward to that one. I'm, I'm sure a few of us will be there, so if, if you want to come and say hello for whatever silly reason. You can do. Because um, we're minor celebrities, well, that's why. Uh, of course. Um, <laughs> if you want to go there on a Wednesday night between five and six, you can witness myself making an absolute clown at five aside as well, so why not? I'll be there. I will <laughs> certainly be there. <laughs> um, and then what have we got after that? I think we've got um, Geisley on the Tuesday. And then the last game and the big names. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> of course, as ever. Um, yeah, so Peter will be, will be the last one, and then obviously straight into the season with West Brom away. Um, so yeah, got that to look forward to anyway. But let's just hope that times get a little bit cheerier, that we've actually got more than fifteen players, um, and that things sort themselves out financially. But yeah, 
Um, it sounds like a Christmas list that does well. No, of course, yeah. Always optimistic. But um, not what could be a good ad stuffing. <laughs> uh, you only need eleven players. Who needs who needs any more? <laughs> no, of course. We're gonna win the league, boys. <laughs> Coming home. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Oh, yeah. But yeah, just very last minute we asked Twitter if they had any questions for us. Um, we've only got two at the minute, but we may get some in later, which we may or may not record separately, but we'll get back to you at some point, I presume. Um, so firstly, we've got one from Jamie, who says, clearly we need a few more players. Which position for you is most pressing? I think we've sort of covered that, haven't we? Defence. Defence, yeah, centre forward. Um, yeah. I, I don't... Yeah, I'd I'd also argue centre mid, considering we have three centre mids, not including the youngsters. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Um, and then the other ones from Matt Armitage, he said, "Do you think uh, we will bid for White, or is it all conjecture similar to when we were linked with Rhodes a few seasons ago?" <laughs> considering that Rhodes is one of the laziest players I've ever seen, then <laughs> I don't think it's a similar situation. I don't think it's one of those where it's going to become an, an annual thing. I think it has happened, and I think I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I presume that we have spoken to him and things have sort of. Um, We're probably trying to see if we can negotiate a lower offer than this apparent one million that's been going around, because maybe they'll take yeah. a lower offer to just to get him off the books if he's completely unsettled at Bradford. Yeah. I think if that happens, it'll be a last minute thing, and as the window closes, I don't think it'll be any time soon. No, but... there's no reason for them to sell at a cheaper rate. Not until that, until the last minute. Yeah, but I, I definitely wouldn't say it's, it's a myth at this point. You know, I think it is. It's definitely a possibility. Just when and how, I think, is a bit. Um, you know, we're struggling with that at the minute, but you know. Um, yeah. Does anyone else have any other topics that they want to cover before we close? Nope. Uh, any pressing Good. matters that they'd like to get out, or you know, Tom James. Uh, I, I think I'd probably like to, to put, put to the group, I think the formation that um, we played in the Halifax game, obviously, Will, you were there, you might, you'll be able to correct me if, if I'm wrong. Yeah, of course. Was it 4-4-2? Was it, was it four, four, yeah, it, it was. was yeah. Sorry, I, yeah, I sort of touched on that. So, obviously, it was 2-1 at the weekend. Alfie and Ami will be with the scorers. Um, it was 4-4-2, four, four, because we only have two centre midfielders. Um, so it, yeah, but, but I, mean, I mean, even assuming that we obviously bring some more in, which let's be honest, we've, we've got to hope that we do. Mm. Would that be the formation you'd like to see us playing, or would would you prefer to see a, 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 a hark back to either four two three one or three five two? I mean, I said throughout last season, I thought we should have gone with four four two, and on the final day when we did and we switched to that, you know, when when um, it, it, you know, obviously Will Ram produced that moment of magic, you know, and that was very. Happy man, because I just thought at the end of the day, that's what needed to happen, in my opinion, and just play the old-fashioned way of having two wingers, you know, and then some lads in the box just to get on the end of something scrappy and, and or nod it in or whatever, I think was was perfect. And to see Donaldson acting as the sort of big man in the middle and getting his head about it, just getting himself about really was, was really promising to see. Um, I mean, obviously we were, you know, a step above them as you'd expect. Um, but you know, Alfie just looked really up for it. Obviously, got himself a goal. Um, who else played as well that I can think of any note? Jason Lowe, obviously in the midfield, just looked very solid. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing him. But 
Yeah. I heard Will Buckley had a really good game. <laughs> Buckley played well as well, yeah. Um, Sammy did as well. Found his level at last. <laughs> Donaldson even got himself a goal, which was debated whether or not it was offside. I don't think it was. Um, and I think Parkinson was frustrated about that, you know, because it's always good to, to get them off the mark. But I'm sure he won't be long before he does. I think he's long enough in the tooth, isn't he, to be able to remain confident. Yeah, playing of course. Yeah, Wearing yeah. number eight shirt though as a striker is disappointing. No, I know. <laughs> I hope that, 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 that can't be the real one. Surely they're, they're just temporary numbers. They've got to be. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. Just going back to the formation, that I guess possibly that that four four two could be an option this season because Vela and Lowe are going to have a lot more legs than Henry and Prattley. I think maybe one of the reasons we'd never played four four two before is because we never had the legs. Like, did it look like that Vela and Lowe could? kind of provide that kind of <laughs> yeah I mean it, it's difficult to judge given you know the, the pace of the play and whatever and, and obviously the, I'm not this isn't me picking us up or anything but there was obviously a clear golf you know in, in, in ability there um, but yeah you know Vela looked up for it he was, he was you know sort of leaving low playing as the, as the holding midfielder really and he was getting forward as much as he could and I felt like it just looked like a solid formation I think at times it, it was a, a diamond four in the middle um, okay. but you know the the defence was solid as well. To say that there's literally, well, pretty much only four of them um, at the minute, you know, and they've obviously got a good working relationship there. And I think even Alfie and Donaldson could become, you know, a, a very good partnership. And that's definitely one to look out for as well. And um, providing that, well, if we don't sign anyone else up front, or you know, if if that's what that what that is what's favoured by Parkinson, then you know, I'm not complaining by any means. But um, yeah, no. Would any of you favour a return to three-five-two if we, we we do bring in Robinson and we seem to have two right backs that are capable of playing that wing back role? Yeah, I mean, like you say, I think if we get the players in and if we've got sort some versatility, you know, like if we get Maurice and and Robinson back in, you know, where we can play in that formation, then you know I'm I'm not against that at all. But I think if you then do that, you've also got to bring in a, a relatively solid holding midfielder as well to play alongside uh, Low. But um, yeah, it's obviously all just depending on recruitment. I think at the minute, but you know, it we was, are crying it, out for an enforcer at this point. Yeah, of course. But it it, it was a good first showing, you know, to, to say the least. But um, good to hear. You know, th- yeah. there's, there's nothing more that can be really taken from it. I mean, I don't know whether if you have any uh, conspiracies yeah. about you know pre season form, but it's no, like no real conspiracies, but. But considering we're playing a La Liga side in Girona, uh, maybe we'll get a better indication of what level we're playing at when we're playing against higher-ranked opposition than us. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait for David Wheater to bully Christian Stuani. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that I, it, that'll be the game that I think we play. You know what'll be what'll play at West Brom as well. Um, so that'll be, that'll be really good to to watch, I think, as well. But, um, yeah, that and the uh, Peterborough game, they'll be the biggest indicators of how yeah, we're going to be playing. Definitely. I ju- just wanted to touch on Con Hall as well, because I know he'll be a, a popular one, because he came on at the hour mark as well. Um, he struggled to get into the game, to be honest. I mean, he was man-marked effectively. I think they obviously, well, they'd heard of him or, or whatever, because he just didn't really get any time on the ball at all. And Although he held it all well, he didn't really get much chance on goal. I mean, he had one deft header which nearly found the bottom corner, but it was just a, a really good save. So it, it also didn't help that good. it was a. It also didn't help that in the second half it was a really young squad playing against an experienced Halifax oh, side. It so was, yeah, 
there's a few death challenges as, as you'd expect, you know, in the last stages. And I think, like Parkinson said, there was one or two we were trying a little bit too hard. You know, went into the book trying to, you know, throw themselves about, which it wasn't particularly impressive. But at the same time, you could understand them wanted to make a name for themselves. But you know, we'll see them progress hopefully over the course of the season because no doubt we will need them. Because um, I just can't see us signing seven in two and a half weeks or whatever it is. It just seems like an impossible job to me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we've touched on that, but we've you know we've, yeah. we've got possibly the likes of Hall, Earring, uh, Brockbank, maybe um, Brockbank, struggling yeah. for other, yeah, struggling for other names. But may, may, maybe the reason why we haven't pushed so hard with recruitment so early is because he quite fancies bringing their slot in as his backup, mm. which which uh, it would be positive, I suppose. But <laughs> oh, he's got no choice. Yeah, well, that's another yeah. show, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it would, have, it would either be that or Parkinson is waiting for the uh, loan window to open to four and five clubs because maybe then some of the um, Premier League clubs will be able to let some of their youngsters go out on loan and we'd be able to snap some of them up. Yeah, out, out of that seven that he wants, you'd, you'd think possibly three or four would be loans. Yeah, easily. But um, no, I'd, I'd recommend going and have a look at Parkinson's presser actually because it was one of his most insightful ones. You know, he t- touched on sort of all bases. Um, so yeah, definitely go and have a look at that. But um, yeah, unless anyone else has got anything else to add, um, then I think we should wrap it up because we've just gone over the hour mark. So um, where can we find you on social media, Tom? Uh, my Twitter is tj fourteen wanderer. Uh, James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Real James Jarvis. Ian. Yeah, at uh, Rosa B89. There you go. And Chris, you're not. Nowhere. <laughs> not, but um, we yeah. may see. We don't even know where you are, Chris. We don't. He's a ghost. That's a witness protection program, lad. <laughs> <laughs> the less you know, the better. Chris, go on. We'll make this an exclusive. Can we expect more content from you in terms uh, of writing? Mm. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Fair enough. I'm sure the some of them who actually noticed who'd, who'd written that it's coming home article um, will have had some oh, yeah. out of it anyway. But yeah, I hope so. Go and have a read of that if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, so I think it's time to end. So say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, James. Goodbye, James. Goodbye, Ian. Goodbye, Ian. And I've been Will Jones. You can find me on Twitter at WI1LJ. And it's goodbye from me. Set la vie.